Well, what's up and welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. I'm Brett Stewart. I'm the host and my co-host, Sarah Turner. Hello. Is here, ready to go. <laughs> She's got her Torchy's Taco cup down there. I yeah, see there it right some now. Yeah, good tacos. <laughs> if this was on video and if the camera had my perspective, it is like perfect product placement right now oh, for Torchy's good. Taco. Mm-hmm. So I came from Fuzzies. So it's kind of like the the nemesis, you <laughs> yeah. know, like the enemy of Torchy's. Anyways, we're digressing. Uh, we're excited about our conversation today for a couple of reasons. One, because our guest is super awesome, but also because we literally... Had to throw some, uh, call an audible or two uh, a couple hours ago. And this amazing person in her complete She's willingness. She's very willing. <laughs> she said yes to literally like an hour and a half's notice. So without further ado, our guest, Daisy Ivy. What's up, Daisy? Oh, nothings, you know. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. I'm nervous, but it's okay. It's okay. You're excited. It's all good. Honestly, about halfway into the conversation or maybe like five or 10 minutes in, you forget that there's a microphone in your face Yeah, and you just get the joy. Yeah. (laughs) We're just talking into microphones for people to listen. On the reg. On the reg. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, Daisy, tell us a little bit about who are you and what do you do here at Beltway? What's your role? Sure. So my name is Daisy Ivey. I'm a I live here in Abilene. I have a housemate. My family doesn't live here, but I'm very involved with my church and with my friends. And um, here at Beltway, I'm the administrative assistant for Boots on the Ground Ministry. So sometimes I joke that I'm keyboard on the desk (laughs) instead of boots on the ground. Oh, good. I like it. Okay. And someone has to be keyboard on the desk because let's be real, (laughs) you know? Those guys are good with their boots on the ground and <laughs> not so great with computers and technology sometimes, and calendars. Sometimes, sometimes it's a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is boots on the ground? For those who don't know or maybe those who need a little refresher, what is it? Sure. So boots on the ground, it's a hands-on ministry. Uh, we serve primarily children, elderly and the disabled with essential needs. And uh, so to kind of give that some uh, meat we build a lot of wheelchair ramps. We put grab bars, the safety ones in the bathroom, you know, for exiting the shower. And uh, we have a, a yards team. We have a beds for kids program. So we have a bunch of different campaigns. We call them under the boots on the ground. Yeah. So who who are you doing this work for? Uh, how do you find them or how do they find you? And... Yeah, because you mentioned wheelchair ramps and railing. I mean, that's a big part of of what y'all do. There's definitely way more, and we'll get into that, that the ministry does. But um, yeah, who is it for, and and how do you come about arranging it for these people to serve? Sure. Um, We get quite a few referrals, honestly. So um, we hear from a lot of healthcare workers, home health uh, and then a lot is also just word of mouth. You know, Boots on the Ground has been wielding, has been building, wielding, wielding. Ooh, wielding. They That's have been wielding fun. powerful weapons. <laughs> has been building ramps uh, long enough now, you know, that people, it kind of just flies around. People know about people it. Yeah, know. they just know about it's it. It's almost that like someone hears like, oh, you need a wheelchair ramp? Boots on the ground. 
And right. people are like, what is that? And they're like, I don't know. It's some people at Beltway that call themselves boots and they get on the ground. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we have a form online and so people go on and, and they can do that themselves. But um, yeah, it's it's either through people have just heard about it and it's been passed on by word of mouth. Or like I said, we do work with a lot of caseworkers, advocates, home health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really referrals. cool. That's really cool. And, you know, right now, Sarah, you've got a lot of experience in the construction world. Just a so, tad. Just yeah. a tad. Uh, so you're not unfamiliar with, with some of the stuff that it the takes to, yeah. to build and update homes and, and add modifications. And especially for those that have either disabilities or like difficulties entering mm-hmm. into their home. Um, and I know that that's one thing, like some of the main stories that I've heard is you know, someone who's not able to access their home or the events where it's like, hey, grandma, CPS is wanting to place the kids with grandma, but her house isn't up to code. It's not It's not safe. There's some electrical work that needs to be done or the fences need to be put up or, you know, all the things that it takes for CPS to place kids within a home. And so I've heard the stories of, of our teams. It's not just men. Uh, it might have started out as men, but it's both men and women who are helping bring these homes up to safety, up to code, especially for, for situations like this. So, I mean, there's no like set parameter of what Boots on the Ground does, really, that I know of. Sure. So, yeah, and it's been for sure, uh, you know, you might have heard the phrase like building the plane in the air. Yeah. And that's kind of what they've done. It literally started, um, I think, around 12 years ago. Don't quote me on that. Um, but it was literally a group of guys coming back from boot camp. And they're called fire teams. They're small groups. And they're like, hey, let's like do something like, for cool. somebody. Yeah. And it literally started like that. And so they were doing, you know, a variety of things. And as the ministry's grown, there has been, you know, okay, let's kind of define what are we able to do? What is kind of our wheelhouse? Mm-hmm. And so it has gotten more fine-tuned as the as the years have gone on. But um, yeah, I certainly, there's sometimes things that I'm like, I don't think we do that. And then I check and sometimes we still do. Um, or there's someone that we know, but we are limited in some of the... Um, Things like electrical or roofing or something or plumbing that would require a licensure. And so, you know, sometimes those are more partnerships than necessarily boots. Right. Individuals showing up. Yeah. Yeah. So how many years have y'all, has this ministry been around? I think it's 12, but I don't know the, I can't remember the official number, like where it came under Beltway and they, you know, and and Jeff Smith became the pastor. I mean, it was, you know, fuzzy. That's what we call Jeff Smith, because there's a handful of Jeff Smiths around this place, yes, so Fuzzy are. lets us know which Jeff Smith we're talking about. Uh, but I remember him coming on to staff the year, I don't know, it was probably somewhere around like 2016 or 17, maybe 2017, uh, that he came on staff as the pastor over boots on the ground. And so it, at that point, it kind of moved from this this large group under say like men's ministry and it kind of launched into it's kind of its own full ministry and then daisy you've been on staff now with boots on the ground how long did you i'll be say that? coming on no i'll be coming on four years in okay August. so you've literally been part of this process of of taking it from just a group of people willing to serve to to kind of helping transform it into a ministry with 
structure and identifying and finding people. Um, but what I love about it is that it started just with a few people that had a desire to serve. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we we started a new series at the church uh, called "Like a Good Neighbor," and so. If you didn't catch this past Sunday's message, go to YouTube, find Beltway Park Church, hit subscribe, and then find the playlist, Like a Good Neighbor. Uh, But it is just that. We're talking about what does it mean to be a neighbor? What does it look like to love and serve other people? What does it look like to bless others? You know, we at Beltway have this thing called the BLESS strategy. It's an acronym that means begin with prayer, listen with care, eat together, serve with love, share your story. And so this idea of being in this place of beginning with prayer and being willing and open for the Lord to do something, and then listening to people that are around you that have needs or that have concerns, and then you know an opportunity to eat with them, gather with them, share a cup of coffee or share a meal with them to truly get to hear them even more, find ways to serve them, and then in serving them, share your story, your testimony of Jesus with them. And so what I love about this, and I'm drawing it back, is it began with people just with a willing heart and an open heart to identify an area of, of need. Sarah yeah, in and our I, community, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Sarah and I were, as we were talking about this sermon series and, and kind of what it looks like to be a, no, a neighbor, it, it really does come down to an openness and a willingness to know people and then to right. serve them. Yeah. Like we have to start with knowing people. And, and what you heard from the Sunday um, sermon, if you listen to it, if not, go back and listen to it. But it starts with knowing people's names, mm-hmm. like identifying who they are and then learning what their needs are, but also just learning what's going on in their life. How do you pray for them? How do you know them? How yeah. do you, you know, be a neighbor? <laughs> and so I don't know. Let's go off this. Is, Kind of on topic, but off topic. Okay, from your own neighborhoods that you live in currently, what can you tell me about what your neighbors do? Is it a neighborhood where there's people outside all the time and they're Mm. interacting with one another? Or is it one of those like pull into the garage, the garage door goes down, like the only time you see your neighbors is when they're leaving for work or coming home from work? (laughs) Well, I can, I'll go first. Yeah. We just moved, but in our previous, so we have a new neighborhood that we're getting to know, getting to know, which takes time. It does. But in our old neighborhood, we lived there for about four years and it was on the north side of town. We love, love, love the sweet neighborhood. And we had wonderful neighbors. They were very engaging. We had a neighborhood group chat. People were constantly checking in with one another. Of course, this is when like we had the ice storm was during that time when we had COVID was during that time when we lived there. And so to see our neighbors literally check in with one another on the daily and see, you know, these are our prayer requests. These are the things that we've got going on in the neighborhood. Our neighborhood would flood at times and you couldn't get out of our neighborhood. And so uh, there would be a group of us trying to figure out, okay, I've got to go to work today. How are we going to get out? And there was a sweet uh, couple who lived in the land behind our neighborhood and they would open up their, their, you know, driveway, their huge driveway and let us exit out their property that way so that oh, we nice. can so that we can leave our neighborhoods and go to work. But um one of the things that I was remembering just recently as we've been talking about be a good neighbor is I had a neighbor that lived across the street from us 
And she, it would not be very uncommon for her to just go get my garbage can for me mm-hmm. and roll oh, it up. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, she is, she could be my mom, yeah. you know, but it's just the sweetest woman. She was like, and I would come home and my garbage can is where it's supposed to be. And I'm like, that is, I asked my husband, did you do that? And he's like, no, <laughs> I think it was the neighbor. Just yeah. kind mm. things like that. She just looked for ways and opportunities to bless my family. She knew yeah. we were a busy family and had a lot going on. And that was one of her ways. She'd also yeah. come and bring like bread, just pick oh, us some bread and bring it by. And that bread. make a little note. One time we got sick for, with something. I think it was. I don't know, maybe the flu or maybe it was COVID. I don't remember. And she came and brought a, a gift basket for each of the girls to keep them, Aww, you know, busy. And so it's sweet. just wow. so simple. Yeah. So, so very simple. But um, just really easy ways of being a helper in the neighborhood and just paying attention to the needs of in the seasons that that families might be in or individuals might be in. And I just think that is that is super, super sweet. Yeah, I know. Well, first of all, if our dumpster is rolled up to the house, I know it wasn't my wife, not because she's not willing to do it, but like we have very assigned <laughs> tasks, like ah, yes. trash is your stuff, you know, dishes is your stuff outside. Like we just, mm-hmm. we know the Defined things. Roles. And so uh, it is funny, like something so simple that takes 12 no seconds, time. 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like when I pull up, and I, I I know when the trash was out because I rolled it out. And so it's like I pull up and I notice like, oh, that was really sweet. Yeah. You, th- you thought of me. Yeah. Like <laughs> even if even if maybe you were just like, oh, his trash is still out on the street. Let me roll it up. <laughs> like regardless, that simple act, it communicated like you thought of me, you valued me, you saw me. Like it's those tiny little simple things. Uh, the neighbors across the street, they have this little girl. Uh, her name's Brooklyn, and from time to time, she will just like pick a random flower like out of their flower bed, and they'll just like walk up to the different doors of of the three or the four houses around us, and just like ring the doorbell and like give That's us so the cute. flower. And she usually wears like a really pretty red dress. Aww. I mean, she's like four or five years old. It's so mm-hmm. sweet. And so, yeah, I mean, but I haven't always been in neighborhoods. That are like that, and I don't. Our neighbors don't have a group chat. That's like next level. <laughs> oh, like, wow! Yeah, that's super next level. Yeah, it um, was very organized. Yeah, we would get updates on everyone's numbers and stuff, and emails addresses, and of course, See, there has to be someone that's very you know organized and sure. type A. But yeah. I would love it if our neighbors had that. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I've been in neighborhoods where it really was like your driveway and your garage right. are the only thing it's like that's how i get in my house and then mm-hmm. once i'm in my house i'm i'm shut off and so even this like knowing the people that are 20 feet you know mm-hmm. east or west or north or south of you is really mm-hmm. rare and so i've i've really enjoyed our neighborhood but i'm sitting here you know wanting to to do more with our neighborhood mm-hmm. and get to know the people. What about you, Daisy? What does it look like to be a neighbor in your area? Sure. So I get a little convicted because I kind of want to like get home and run inside, you know, and be like, and ah. don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have a garage, so that's probably a really beneficial thing because I can't really hide. <laughs> I, like I want to go home and hide. Um, but uh, I have some neighbors who uh, the gentleman loves to water his yard and he is so faithful i mean and 
uh, we won't talk about how it makes my yard look, but it's <laughs> fine because he's very faithful. Um, and then his wife is always tending to the little community neighborhood cats. Mm. And um, tending to or like, well, I mean, she feeds hurting. them and she, oh, she feeds them. She has to kind of hurt them a little bit. So your house but, is next to the local cat meetup. Yeah, I'm not upset about it. That's fine. I like cats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my other neighbor, they're they're a little more probably like how I am, where they kind of just come and go. But yeah. no one has garages, so that's probably a really good benefit in that sense because you see them and you wave. Um, my housemate, she is a lot better about. Um, she's just very intentional. I mean, yeah. it's any time. Like last night, we were getting in from Walmart, and I'm man, I'm tired. I just want to unload the car and go inside. And she stopped and talked to our neighbor who was watering his yard and talking about the weather and like takes, I mean, it's like literally we'll have a conversation every time, even yeah. if it needs to be brief and, and short. And, uh, and so I've been encouraged by that and also, uh, bought cat food for the neighbor because she's, you mm-hmm. know, shelling out her dough to take care of the neighborhood cats. <laughs> and so we got to contribute to that fund. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, that's something, you know, when you were talking about the blessed strategy, that's something that I've honestly been praying for is like praying for them but then you know even in myself not um i guess honestly it's like being afraid to you know engage in little conversations or be um inconvenienced it could kind of feel Mm -hmm. like it's you know a little bit out of my way or or what i have on my mission uh yeah and so to do that and to to see them more you know, mm-hmm. they're they're actually available. It's yeah. like, am I making myself available? Yeah, and I mean that's that's a great line, a great point. It's just make yourself available. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what it is. And and often, like as we already said, sometimes it means ten seconds. Sometimes it means ten minutes. Like okay, ten minutes. Yeah. I have ten minutes to sacrifice if I slow down and I put on a lens that's aware of people that's seeking to love them mm-hmm. and to serve them you know it, it's we we underestimate the power of simplicity i think in our mm-hmm. minds like we overcomplicate every task we overcomplicate like well i know this is something that jesus wants me to grow in but you know this 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 i'm not good at this this will take time well i'm going to try to do this huge neighborhood gathering but it'll probably have to be 3 months from now and right. yeah. so like, yeah. we we plan these like big grandiose <laughs> things when really it's just maybe just go take a walk go take yeah. a walk yeah. yeah. Say I mean, your dog is cute or your cat is cute and just introduce for yourself. Real. Like, yeah. Just walk over there. And some of you are thinking like, I've lived in the same house for 10 years and I have never talked to my neighbors. And so there's that awkward factor mm-hmm. of they know that I'm the neighbor. I know that they're the neighbor, but we don't know each other. And it's mm-hmm. been 10 years. Just identify, address it. Like, you know what? I know it's been 10 years. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, I'm sorry. It's kind of sad. I'm sorry, but... I just want to. I want to know who you are because you matter, and mm-hmm. I'm so sorry I haven't gotten to know you. And mm-hmm. you know what? First of all, if neither of y'all know each other's names, it's not just you; it's on them too. That's right. Uh, but <laughs> maybe just create that open door and like laugh about it. Of I can't believe it's been ten years, and just yeah, I don't know. Know their name. Find out something. It's pretty simple. Uh, but even more than that, maybe the thought of walking up to someone's house. And knocking on the door or ringing the doorbell terrifies you. Yeah, it's a little intimidating. (laughs) If that's super intimidating, what Sarah said a minute ago of like take a walk and 
you know what's crazy is you don't even necessarily have to start with talking to your neighbors. Just smile. <laughs> Just smile. Or even if they're Wave. not there, if they're not there, walk by and Pray for them. That's pray good. for their house, even yeah. if you don't know their name. Like, Lord, I just pray for my neighbors. I know that this is what they look like, and I know that this is a little bit of what their life looks like, and I just pray that you make yourself known to them. Like, just pray something simple. Uh-huh. Lord, I pray for an opportunity that's not awkward and that's easy, that I can meet them, mm-hmm. and the Lord's going to be faithful to doing that. It's good. You know? Uh, there's this really cool app that I think everyone should download. It's called Bless Every Home, and I'll put a link in the show notes description so that you can find it. But literally, you go onto this app, you put in your address, and some of you might find this, think it's kind of like creepy. It's not because this is just public records, but it literally will pull up the people's names that live on your street and their addresses, and it'll show wow. you like some of the neighboring streets to you also. It's literally just using public, like county records mm-hmm. uh, that show this. So it's not like wizardry or witchcraft or something illegal. <laughs> it's it's totally legal. But like I can look right now and I can see the people all on our street. I can see their names and I can hit a map and I can. I can see how it's laid out, and there's a place where you can make notes. You can say a prayer for them. If you mm-hmm. click on the daily prayer, it oh, gives wow. you a scripture verse. Like today is First Thessalonians 5.15. It gives you a scripture verse that's a prayer that you can pray over your neighbors, even it's if so you've cool. never had a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I don't know. It, I, I think us just starting to be aware mm-hmm. and think about God has uniquely positioned us where we are. In our neighborhoods, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. In our community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all around us. And it's, you know, sometimes we think we have to, you know, go to the nations or we have to be part of this ministry or we have to do this, we have to do this. Often it's just starting where you are, Mm -hmm. like where the Lord already has you. And so, um, Daisy, what has it looked like, you know, let's talk both boots on the ground and your personal life. Like, what has it looked like to be a good neighbor? Like through what you've been able to witness on the ground or through maybe the phone conversations that you have with people that have needs? I mean, when you think of what it means to be a neighbor or a good neighbor, what is it? What does it look like? And what are some of the things that you've you've seen and that you've witnessed because of it? Sure. Um, so one thing I guess that comes to my mind in being a neighbor is... Um, is seeing, you know, actually seeing them, um, hearing them Mm -hmm. and, um, if possible responding, or I guess there normally is, but just depends what that response is. Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes that's praying for them, but sometimes it is meeting a tangible need or, Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, you know, you mentioned the phone conversations I have it, it kind of amazes me and maybe it shouldn't, but how many people that I'll uh, actually be calling to tell them like, no, that's not a service we provide or, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not able to do that. Like I'm kind of gearing up. I have to call and tell them this no. And they're like, man, thank you so much for calling me back. And it's like, they just, they, you know, someone got back to them or that we visited for a a minute. We Mm -hmm. laughed about getting confused what day of the week it was, (laughs) which is pretty normal occurrence. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And, uh, and so I've been, I don't know. The Lord's really shown me that of how um, just re- just receptive people are for 
uh, getting just the call back. And so, um, you know, kindness. Yeah. And like, Mm -hmm. Brett, you were mentioning, you know, simplicity. And I just think like the simplest of acts are just almost just so profound or even just just the biggest blessing. Um, And so I see that a lot that people are honestly, um, a lot of them, they're just looking for someone to talk to. You know, a lot of the folks that I speak with, um, they live alone and uh, they may not have much family um, or friends or, you know, they're the age that they're at. Their friends are passing away and the the Mm -hmm. circles of people that they know is really shrinking. And um, so as far as, you know, when when Boots gets an opportunity to respond and, and actually see those people in person, or um, even if we send one of our leaders to do, like, say, a ramp assessment. We don't know yet if we're going to be able to build it or all that, right. but go assess it. He may be able to visit with them for 45 mm-hmm. minutes to an hour, and he learns mm-hmm. about their life and what they did and it, and um, often gets to pray with them. And um, sometimes just that visit is it's such a blessing to people, even if that tangible act doesn't come to fruition for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, they may move and end up not needing one or... Or whatever, but um, I just see um, people, and especially the ones that we are fortunate to work with, just how much they even appreciate being seen and being heard, and um, just that response of communication. For people to see other people desiring to help others, whether they can or cannot. The desire there is to help and to love and to bless and to serve, and that generates hope. Yeah. Yes, it does. Every single time, you yeah. know, and it's such a, in a world where it's craving hope, our world mm-hmm. craves For it. Sure. If we can be in any way, shape or form carriers of hope and then be able to have that yeah. open door because you were there trying yeah. to meet a basic need and yeah. then that basic need sometimes, hopefully as many as, you know, you ring a doorbell, get sure. an opportunity to also provide Levels of hope and love and prayer and connection to people feeling seen and loved and known. Yeah. Yeah. Something that is core to every human is the desire to be seen, Mm -hmm. known, heard, Mm -hmm. and loved. I mean, it's it's within all of us. Like that that need and that desire will never go away. And it's just being aware that you're not the only one who wants it or feels it, but like other people need that too. And so, you know, if it's as simple as the the barista at the coffee shop that you see every day, you know, yeah. instead of just like, hey, thanks, and like running out, just stop a little and like, how's your morning going? Are you mm-hmm. having a good week? I really appreciate you always doing this. You know my order, you yeah. know my name. And you could even, you know, you know my order, you know my name, and I'm so sorry, I don't know yours. What's right. yours? Just that, like, stopping to acknowledge, I see you. You're a person. You're yes. a person. Mm-hmm. You matter. I know you. And mm-hmm. I don't know. We just, we underestimate that. Um, but y'all were talking, you know, about how meeting a need creates an open door and an opportunity for sure. um, for Jesus to do something deeper. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I look at the Gospels and often what Jesus did right. mm-hmm. first initiated as someone who had a need. They needed mm-hmm. something done. They needed healing. They needed help. They needed hope. They needed encouragement. They needed strength. They, they needed something. Right. And Jesus was faithful 
to give it, but then in the midst of the giving it, he spoke to their soul. He mm-hmm. spoke to who they were deep within, and he called yeah. them to a place of truth. And That's so right. like, when we identify a physical need, don't be surprised when the Lord gives you understanding for a spiritual need in that person's life, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Uh, it's not just helping them to help them for helping's sake, although that's right. nice, that is good, it is loving, but also Jesus is always wanting to do more. God is always that's wanting right. to do more within the hearts of people. And so, um, I don't know, again, we underestimate that, whether it's a, a physical need, whether it's a financial need, whether it's an emotional need. I guarantee you, if you make yourself available to try to to meet just one need of one person, you're going to find that there's a there's a deeper opportunity to what what Sarah said, like be a carrier of hope and speak that hope to someone else. Mm-hmm. So, Daisy, are there any I don't know, are there any ministry moments that you have seen or know of from Boots on the Ground that have happened? Um, you know, from a physical need being met. Any stories, testimonies that that come to mind about lives or families changed? Sure. So um, I kind of have a couple that come to mind, and I, I will say I do love when they make their way back to me. You know, I'm I'm in the office, and I don't often even get to meet people. I hear them on the phone, and so it's really fun when the stories make their way back. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know that guy. <laughs> um, uh, one of the ministries or the programs that we have is beds for kids and we partner with the caseworkers and advocates from some different organizations and agencies and get connected to these families that otherwise we would never know about Mm -hmm. um but uh with within that beds for kids program one of the things that uh we do before the beds are delivered is they get scripture or encouragement written on them and uh they're prayed over Mm. and uh Pastor Jeff's pretty adamant about they don't leave until that happens. Yeah. And so anyway, our uh, warehouse team, warehouse guy would have loaded one of these beds up. And our we have some some families that help deliver these beds for us. And they would they were delivering a bed to a family. And, you know, I think, I don't even know if they'd gotten it off the trailer yet. But they went in there and were visiting with this mom and asking her, well, hey, you know, is there anything you'd like prayer for? And she said protection. That was just kind of the word that she really wanted that for her and her family. And so they circled up and prayed protection and whatever else, you know, and uh, went and set the bed up and the verses that were on there were about protection. And like, that is, that's so cool. That is God because Mm -hmm. that's not, you know, I'm not on the phone going, what can we secretly put on all the beds and then make sure we get the right bed, put on the right trailer for the right day. I mean, it's like, the Lord With an, saw all those her. details. <laughs> yeah, and so that was pretty, from mm. what I understand, pretty impactful for her yeah. that when her you, prayer request right there was protection, and the Lord amazing. had already yeah. made a way. And you just said the Lord saw her. So not only are people seeing her to love her, to help her, but <laughs> like this, this deeper awareness that we we underestimate if we've experienced it multiple times, but that that first experience or you know those other experiences of where we realize oh my gosh god sees me like he's for me he knows me he wants me like those are things that it's like it we like you said you can't plan that you can't craft that you can't manipulate no. that the only way that that kind of stuff happens is a willingness yeah. it's mm-hmm. an openness and a willingness to serve and then 
Let God sort out the details. He's already in them, like what Sarah <laughs> right. just said. Mm-hmm. God's right. in all those details. Let him do it. Just make yourself available to love and to serve. It's so simple. Yeah, it is so simple. He's there before and he's there after all the whole the whole way for yeah. each oh, yeah. and every person. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was such a like a moment for that person even who wrote those scriptures on that bed to have heard that story and went, oh my goodness, the Lord used. Sure. Right. Well, and them to be like, I heard the Lord. Yeah. Like I prayed right. about what should right. I, you know, I prayed about what verses should I write. Yeah, it's confirmation. And that encourages them to do it more Again, and more. Like yes. God's mm-hmm. in it on all sides. That's right. And it's Absolutely. really exciting to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's super exciting. And he's so cool like that. And he wants to do that with every single one of us. Like he wants yep. us to be a part of those pieces where he gets to, like we I think we mentioned this in the last podcast, like show up and show off the yeah. only yeah. way that he can, you know. Yep. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Because he loves his people. He does. So Sarah, you're, you mentioned you're a new neighbor in a neighborhood yeah. trying to get to know the neighborhood. Right. Maybe some other people find themselves in that place. What's something oh. that you and your family yes. and your sweet girls can do <laughs> to like get to know people? That's a great question. And actually, it's been on my mind because, um, well, we moved in the middle of winter, so that was kind of complicated because it's so cold. Sure. But just to be outside is one of the first ways, the first strategies we really felt like the Lord gave us was to go on walks. We live in a neighborhood where people walk. They walk their dogs. They go on walks mm. with their kids. The kids ride their bikes. There's golf carts and people in golf carts. So, you know, it's just w- being available for an afternoon or an evening walk after, you know, dinner or something, and then just smiling And if a dog runs up to us, we pet the dog, you know, and what's the dog's name and just start trying to engage in conversation that way. But actually another idea that I'm really wanting to test here pretty soon came from a book that I read this spring called Find Your People by Jenny Allen. I highly recommend it, but it's all about community living and how proximity Mm. really matters and how we do life with people and how to truly be a good friend and friendly to all of the people that, you know, you come in contact with. And one of the pieces that sh- that she's been testing in her own neighborhood, because they moved to a new city, is they started, instead of having family time or, t- you know, time drinking coffee or in the backyard, they moved their time to the front yard. Mm. So they will go get their lawn chairs from the backyard yeah. and set them out in the front yard yeah. or their fire pit or their chimenea or whatever. And yeah. they will just have their you know, evening tea or conversations on the front porch instead of the back porch. And that positions you to be available when you see your neighbor come home from work or get the mail after dinner. And it creates the invitation. Right. And and simple again, just, hey, how y'all doing? We haven't met you yet. We're, you know, Jeffrey and Sarah Turner. We're so happy to be your neighbor and Introduce your kids yeah. and just hey, you come know, over. You want come this? over? Yeah, we're, like, yeah. And it's less intimidating because it's not like come into our home, right? Like, <laughs> it's all in the front yard. It's all in the front yard. It's all good, right? <laughs> I mean, but can we be real honest? Yeah. Like that's a to ask it or to be asked. Like, hey, do you want to come into our home? It's like right. ah, not yet. Like, yeah. but like front yard totally disarming. Yeah. One, yeah. it's not like there's no fences. There's right. no like. It's open mm-hmm. and it feels like the like okay I can do this right but then as as relationships develop as conversations develop maybe it takes a whole semester of front yard engagement yeah but then it turns into you know hey would y'all want to have meal uh, like a dinner with us sometime like right. let's have a meal it could be in the backyard like it could or, be and, and it creates opportunities also to help like when they go out of town right. and. 
they yes. do think of you to, hey, would y'all mind grabbing our mail? That would right. really bless us. Of course, we'll grab hey, your mail since for your you. eyes are already on the street, yeah. like the houses right. around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and now you seem safe because it's like, hey, y'all are looking, y'all are mm-hmm. watching, you're seeking to know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. I have a lot of work to do in my front yard, if that's the case. My backyard is great yes. for gathering. My front yard, not, not so, so much. much. <laughs> but that's something during uh, COVID that I actually really liked. Like, Literally, our neighbors would just get lawn chairs or folding chairs, whatever, and either in the grass or in the driveway, because our driveways are in front of our house, uh, we would just sit out there and we would talk to one another from mm-hmm. across the street. And mm-hmm. like... Or we would kind of like clump up together, but still spaced out. Uh-huh. And it was it was odd, but refreshing because <laughs> it was like this isn't this isn't the norm and this isn't the pace of life. But there's something it used to be. It used to be, and mm-hmm. that kind of like nostalgia, like mm-hmm. this is how yeah. it used to be. Oh, is this what it felt like? And it was really refreshing. Yeah, it and used really to be where we felt like our doors were always open, right? you know, and you could drop by at any point and no one would think anything of it, you know? I mean, I've, one of the other ways that I'm being challenged right now by the Lord is when I need something to make something for dinner rather than call my husband and tell him to go to the grocery store and yeah. go get it, like ask my neighbor for it. Yeah. Either, just the neighbors I've already met, oh. you know what I mean? So that I give them an opportunity to meet a need for me and then they then feel like, well, I've done this for her. Maybe I can ask her and ask that family for yeah. something if I need something in return. I haven't yeah. done that yet, but I'm going to test it. I'm going to just go out goes. there and say, <laughs> I have no shame asking a neighbor like, hey, y'all got any butter, any sugar? We're out. Or we don't regularly use this, but for whatever reason, we chose to make this. I haven't, I haven't done that yet. I, I need do to. not have that. And it's like, whatever y'all need, let me know. Mm-hmm. But. It's not butter because I need it from you. <laughs> so I like that. That's really cool. But yeah, there's something about it of we were meant we were meant to be connected. We were meant yeah. to be communal That's right. people. Mm-hmm. And there's other cultures, there's other countries that do an amazing job at that. And mm-hmm. I would say that that's probably one of our struggles. Um, and I'm not going to do a blanket statement across America, but for a lot of regions across America. I think that's one of our biggest struggles of relearning how to be communal people Mm -hmm. um, rather than separated individual, you know, Mm -hmm. isolated Mm -hmm. people. Or Amazon priming everything or... Right. Sure. I even... um, All of these ideas are literally coming from that book. So Jenny Allen gets all the credit. Nice. Find Your People by Jenny Allen. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. But one of her other really culture shifting moments that I took to heart was inviting someone to go with you to run an errand or to go do your simple things like grocery shopping or you need to run to Target. Call up someone that you're getting to know or is a friend or you're trying to be a good neighbor to and say, hey, do you need anything or do you want to go with me or, you know, just just providing, again, being available and providing the opportunity. They can say no, right? you know, but to be available and to be around so people can know she's really a helper. Like, if I need something, I can probably ask her, even Mm -hmm. if it's something deeper like a prayer request or 
you know, something beyond even just a prayer request, but something way deep, right? you know, much more yeah. deeper than even that. So yeah. I think it's, um, I wrote this down because I love this. Um, it's from Mr. Rogers. Everybody remember Mr. Rogers love neighborhood. Mr. Rogers. Yes. He uh, said once that love isn't a state of perfect caring. It isn't it is an active noun like the word struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept every single person exactly the way he or she is right here, right now. Mm. And mm. I thought that was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's something yeah. that was really highlighted to me in the sermon yeah. uh, yesterday. Or the day before, yeah, a couple days ago couple, on Sunday. A couple days ago on Sunday, was that um, just to just to choose to love the people right in front of you, no matter what type of person, yeah. where they come from, their yeah. race, ethnicity, gender, um, background, yeah. you socioeconomic, know, socioeconomic status, status no matter what side of the political aisle they they fall on, it does not matter. Yeah, but to see a person as a person, yeah. And to just remember that love is, it's a choice, it's a process, and can be a struggle at times. Yeah. But just to give ourselves the grace to remember that it's a process, you know, not only to be a good neighbor, but also, you know, to love others the way Jesus has asked us to. Yeah. Daisy, what's something you can do in the next coming weeks? To step out Challenge. and being, <laughs> and step out and being a neighbor, and that doesn't necessarily mean to your physical people who live next door to you, although mm-hmm. it does. But like in the sermon that we heard, neighbor can also mean the people that you're in proximity to on a daily yeah. basis, uh, because believe it or not, you know whether it's the people you work with or go to the gym with or in this group or this activity with, like you're spending a significant amount of time with them, That's possibly right. more time with them than your own family. So with that kind of definition of a neighbor, what are some things that either you want to grow in or step out in or that you can do? Well, one thing that's at least come into my mind right now is um, not thinking about myself in every conversation that I might have, but Mm -hmm. remembering, okay, what did she say appointment she had yesterday? I think she said she had something yesterday. And like remembering today to follow up with that. Mm. Hey, how did that appointment go? Um, You know, whatever it is. I'm thinking of like coworkers or people that you see regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, But to to like stop thinking about whatever's on my mind or whatever I'm concerned with and, and, uh, you know, see them and think, oh, wait, they had something significant coming up or maybe they didn't. You know, we talked three weeks ago about this. You know, has, has the Lord put anything else on your heart about that? But just... That sounds so simple, but that's where I feel like he's yeah. he's kind of um, showing me right now yeah. the first no, things. That's great. And that's super challenging to me because I, too, when listening, I'm also generating what else I'm going to say and talk about and ask about. And sometimes I'm like, what are these questions I can ask so I can get to know this person? And then as they're answering those questions, I'm thinking about the next questions, and so I'm not actually <laughs> learning them. Oh, what it's what it's like to be me. Um, oh, but cool. but for real, to to just take note of and listen and yes. to recall and and even again, let, let's talk with our our physical neighbors, like in our neighborhood. You know. The small, simple steps of saying hi, bringing something over, hang out in the front yard. Mm -hmm. As you do these, it creates opportunities for you to hear what's going on in their life. You're aware of it. You know how to pray for them, you know, privately. 
And then as you develop a relationship of trust with them, you can step out there and be like, hey, I'd really love to pray with you. Or, yeah. hey, do you want to come to church with, with me and my family? Like, mm-hmm. we'll save seats for you, or we can drive together if you want. Like, mm-hmm. you can you can make the steps to that, what seems like that big ask, yeah. you know, once right. that you're an established, trusted, loving person that's for them. Um, but it all just starts with knowing who it is and just making yeah. yourself available mm-hmm. and just listening. So mm-hmm. this is a really good conversation. We could go on about this forever. Um, but Daisy, thank you so much for jumping on. Daisy, um, you're awesome. You. So <laughs> awesome. And all those resources we talked about, the Bless Every Home app, the Find Your People by Jenny Allen, uh, the Bless strategy that we have here at Beltway, I'm going to put all of that in the show notes. And we encourage you to go to beltway.org slash bless. Um, and you can find that. And you can also go to beltway.org slash we love our city. And even if you don't live in Abilene, Texas, where mm-hmm. we're from, uh, it is a list of ideas of ways that you can serve your your community, your city, your neighbors. And it, if anything, it helps generate thoughts. You don't have to do verbatim what's on that list, but allow it to just generate some ideas or thoughts of, you know what, I'm going to make myself available to love and to serve people and to trust God with the details of it. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We hope you have a great week. Be blessed. And remember, God is moving in your life beyond Sundays.